1: Hi, this is Frank Morano, and you are listening to The Other Side of Midnight on 77 WABC. Where, you know, well, in our continuing effort to feature all of the candidates running for governor, Democrat, Republican, and Independent, we're joined by somebody today, Who is a familiar name and a familiar voice to not only New York State voters, uh, not only voters in Westchester County, but to listeners of this radio station, because he has a a lot of history with this radio station, not only as a guest, but sort of uh, as a cousin uh, to those of us that have worked at this radio station over the years. I'll explain more of that in just a second. I'm very, very pleased to be joined by former Westchester County Executive, former Republican nominee for governor, and... And a current Republican candidate for governor of New York State, Rob Astorino. Rob, thanks so much for joining me. Frank, good to be with an alum of the 17th floor at 2 Penn Plaza. (laughs) So I I think so many (laughs) folks uh, who have uh, followed your political career know about your tenure as Westchester County Executive. They know about your previous run for governor. They may have even uh, followed your uh, run for state senate two years ago. But I think a lot of folks may not be aware of your media career. I'm wondering briefly for, you know how many radio junkies we have listening this late at night (laughs) or early in the morning. Briefly explain to folks your history in new york radio
0: well i was listening to curtis leaver earlier and he was talking about the history of wabc and talk radio and and i started in local radio wfas which is now basically defunct in in westchester county and my first real job after wfuv which was at fordham university when i was there was i was flying in helicopters and planes doing the traffic reports uh, for a variety of stations, including ABC back then. So that was a lot of fun, getting to see New York wake up every morning. You know, we'd lift off at like 5.30 in the morning. and uh, It was a lot of fun. And I was hired by Disney in 2001 when they were ready to launch ESPN Radio in New York. And we did. We flipped the switch, and obviously it's been on ever since. But it was a whole lot of fun with uh, Michael Kay and – Curtis Lee, when you guys were at WABC, I was at ESPN. We were all one family at the time, and we were all shared studios, and Rush Limbaugh would be there every now and then. Uh, Sean Hannity you know, was in the office literally right next to me. So it was a whole lot of fun back then and still is. And radio is is truly my first love. And, and when people ask me what my career is, I don't say politics or government. I always say radio and TV. That was my whole life still has been for the most part
1: now when i was talking to folks on sunday that i'd run into I was saying oh i'm having rob astorino on the radio and i said to a few of them and you know what it's like to take the temperature of the vox populi uh, because you've been on radio as a producer and as a as a personality and on air talent so, so i asked all these folks what would you ask rob astorino if you were interviewing him tonight and more than one of them said huh What has Rob been up to since uh, being defeated for reelection as county executive? So I think I guess that's a a question that a a fair number of folks are curious about. What have you been up to these last few years, uh, professionally, politically, personally, whatever?
0: I've been in the basement for four years. Uh, (laughs) That's how Biden got them, got the idea. (laughs) No, I um, after I left county government, I actually signed a contract with CNN. They hired me to go on the air as one of their very few republicans and i did that for almost three years during the trump time and i was defending donald trump and defending the republican platform and principles and and it was you can imagine how much fun that was every night going on with don lemon and chris cuomo and anderson cooper and a whole bunch of them uh and you know I think it was a challenge but it i think it it served me well it would have been easier And I had opportunities to go on Fox, but it was almost much more challenging to go on a CNN into enemy territory and literally be one on four every night. And that was fine with me because we would win our share of the fights. But it was was a whole lot of fun. And I left that about a year ago. And I also worked for the Archdiocese of New York, Cardinal Dolan, who I've known for a long time and, and loved. Uh, he asked me to come on board, and I launched a, a big healthcare foundation, the Mother Cabrini Healthcare F- Foundation, and we did a lot of work uh, helping, um, you know, try to get rid of poverty as best we can in in New York and the archdiocese, and um, you know, food insecurity programs, uh, help for new immigrants into the community, and a lot of different things that we did, in, including previously incarcerated people to try to help them get back on their feet. So it was it was a different different life and I enjoyed it, you know, and I learned a lot.
1: We're talking with Rob Astorino. He is a Republican candidate for governor of New York State. It looks like we're headed towards both a Republican primary and a Democratic primary. So we're trying to feature all the candidates to help you decide who you might like to vote for. Rob, I think a lot of people remember your bid for governor against Andrew Cuomo back in 2014. And a lot of the warnings that you warn the public about with respect to Cuomo have proven prophetic, uh, not just on policy issues like energy, but in terms of corruption and a variety of other issues back then eight years ago you were the party's pick now, this time around, 83 percent of the state committee vote has rallied around Lee Zeldin, having been on both sides of that, been the beneficiary of the party support and now being the insurgent. I'm wondering, obviously, I would assume that it's better to be the party's pick. But uh, what is it like for you strategically, campaign wise, being an insurgent rather than being the, uh, for lack of a better description, the handpicked choice of the party leadership?
0: A lot more freedom, to be honest with you. You know, uh, you kind of do what you want to do. Your own race, your own campaign, and in '14, unfortunately, there was there were too many. You, you remember this? There were too many Republicans who were playing footsie with Cuomo. They cut their deals. It was the old Dean Skelos Senate-led uh, majority who had their deal. The New York Post had a big story about this right after the election, and we knew it. Because we were not getting help from, from certain Republicans. They were endorsing Cuomo. They were uh, running wherever we would, when we would show up, they wouldn't show up. Uh, and that was the deal that they had. So, you know, I, I had the party's backing, yes, but they were also, unfortunately, really in bed with Andrew Cuomo at the time. And that's what they didn't like, because I was calling Cuomo out. I knew he was corrupt, I knew he was a creep. And I knew we were on the wrong the wrong side of the tracks with regard to how this state was going. We're going down the wrong track. And I called it all out. And, uh, and some on our own team didn't like that, unfortunately, because they were very much entrenched in Albany. But, you know, some of the same cast of characters are now rallying behind my opponents. And that's okay because I'm going to say what needs to be said because our state is so messed up and way too many people have left. Taxes are out of control worse than they were. Then you add in the inflation and the economy and and the specter of a a third world war. And it's just, it's a mess. And and here we've dealt with the pandemic and how badly, how badly the decisions have been from first Andrew Cuomo to now Kathy Hochul and the repercussions are severe. You know, it's why we're dead last in this, in the country in economic recovery. And uh, you just, you add then the crime and the no-cash bail and, and just the the, the ludicrousness of, of the left these days, and it adds up to we can win. I personally can win, and, and we're going to win. So it's one of those, I think, earthquake years, Frank, where just everything is coming into play now and everything is coming together. And, you know, look, we're going to have a primary, and that's okay. You know, some would say no, no primary permitted, which is what the establishment wanted. They had that deal done with with Lee back in April of last year. And I said, okay, that's fine. I'm going to run a primary. And we're doing that. And and that's not a bad thing because in 2015, 2016, if we just listened to the establishment, we would have had Donald Trump uh, staying in Mar a Lago or Fifth Avenue, and Jeb Bush would have been the candidate and he would have lost to Hillary Clinton, you know, and same thing in 2010. The establishment jumped on Rick Lazio, another guy from Long Island, and the money went to Rick Lazio. Well, Carl Palladino from Erie Mm. County said, no way. We need to take a baseball bat to Albany, not a little whisk broom and be polite. And Carl Palladino petitioned his way on and won by 23 points. So you know what? I like where we are. I like where we are today, and I like where we're going.
1: Now, you alluded to the differences and the similarities between Governor Hochul and Governor Cuomo. Aside from their political party, how do you compare Hochul to Cuomo? I was listening to one Democratic commentator over the weekend say that uh, in some respects, because Hochul is much less of a— a known commodity that it could actually be better for the Democrats because she doesn't have Cuomo's high negatives, whether it's on corruption or the nursing home issue or uh, personality or temperament. How do you view a Astorino Hokal matchup as compared to an Astorino Cuomo matchup?
0: That's what the Democrats are praying, but that's not the reality. She was for seven years Cuomo's partner. She was his hand picked Lieutenant governor. She ran twice with him. She touted all of their successes. It's, it's we, 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 she and Andrew. And she, of course, said nothing about the corruption, said nothing about the women accusations. She said nothing about the nursing home cover ups or the executive order that basically put 15,000 people to their death. She did go around and, and say the no cash bail law was great, that was their signature achievement. So she owns all of it. She owns all of it, just like Andrew. They were partners. So the slime of Cuomo is all over her. And she hasn't even been attacked yet, really, by any of her political opponents, including on her side. She's gotten a free pass, and yet she's still real weak. Her numbers are very, very soft. People think we're going completely in the wrong direction. And people really aren't in a good mood right now because there's, they've been dealt with you know, how to deal with all this nonsense for several years now. And I think people just want some normalcy. They want some balance and, and they want some common sense. And they're not getting it, nor will they get it from this one party rule. I mean, there's some frightening stuff, Frank. That's hardly getting any attention. And it's right around the corner. There's a bill in the assembly and the Senate that would make single uh, single payer health care. The law in New York, no private health insurance permitted You know, that's basically everyone's going to be on Medicaid, and it'll cost twice, twice the income tax rate to get it done. Also, I mean, she tried it. They withdrew it temporarily, but it'll certainly go back right after the election if they win, where they would abolish single-family residential zoning in the suburbs and and basically eliminate the suburbs. I mean, that I had to deal with for eight years against Obama – And I did not back down when it was easy to do so, when they're calling you every name in the book and coming after you illegally. And I won that. And so I know what they're looking to do, and I will not stand for that. That's going to come back, too. So there's a a hell of a lot at stake right now in New York, uh, and we're just getting going. And we're going to point out all of this. Uh, of how dangerous Kathy Hochul is and will be if she gets reelected.
1: We're talking with Rob Astorino. He's a Republican running for governor of New York State. If you want to learn more about what he's up to, if you want to donate or volunteer, you can go to the website RobAstorino.com or even if you just want to sign up for uh, updates, that's RobAstorino.com. Back when you ran eight years ago, Rob, the head of the Republican Governors Association was Chris Christie. He sort of dismissed your challenge to Andrew Cuomo as a lost cause, even though you won almost every county in the state subsequently. Were you at all surprised to see Governor Christie, who some people are talking about as a presidential candidate again, having lunch with Governor Cuomo here in Manhattan on Thursday?
0: No, I, honestly, I wasn't. Uh, I, I was surprised that it took this long for them to do that. But, yeah, they, they were like two peas in a pod in 14, and, and they themselves cut their deal. And that, I think, had everything to do with Bridgegate. I said it at the time, and that's why Cuomo forced Christie or, or whatever the deal was to basically come out and, and try to sink my campaign. We were down 40 points in the survey that was taken In March of 2014, down 40 points to Cuomo. I think it was 65-25. And we closed that gap by 27 points with hardly any money, just outworking them. And, uh, you know, we ended up losing by uh, 13-something, whatever it was, and held them to 54. So it it was a tough race, but everything we said back then turned out to be true. And I caught a lot of flack for going against the Buffalo Billion and Startup New York and all the pay-to-play things that he was involved in, which I knew, of course, was, was pay-to-play. So we were, we were just ahead of our time, but, but we were right, and we're dealing with the same old stuff now just on steroids.
1: Now, there are at least three other candidates running for governor. Whenever I've discussed the race on the radio, uh, there's really very few people, at least in terms of callers, that have anything negative to say about you. But the attitude among a lot of Republican listeners seems to be, well, can't all these guys get on the same page? Keeping in mind what you said about a primary being a healthy thing, which I happen to agree with you on. Do you see any scenario in which you don't run for governor at this point? Could you see yourself teaming up with one of the other candidates and uh, maybe running for something else, maybe lieutenant governor, maybe congress, maybe state senate?
0: Zero chance. <laughs> We're, you know, when I decided to run last year, it was for a specific purpose. It was to use my skill set as an executive and I've been an executive in in private industry. And, of course, I got elected Westchester County executive, which is a a pretty big post. I mean, our budget was $1.8 billion when I walked in in 2010, and I left my successor a $1.8 billion budget. And that means we cut hundreds of millions of dollars out in order to be fiscally prudent and conservative. And we actually cut property taxes, never once raised them. You know, we reduced by mainly attrition, but we had a plan and we reduced Uh, the size of government and headcount. And and then we did a lot of public-private partnerships to spur the economy. So I had a Democratic county board the entire time. And Westchester, as you know, Frank, politically, it's a graveyard for Republicans. It it is two and a half to one Democrat in the county. It's almost harder to win countywide as a Republican in Westchester as it is to win statewide. It's probably easier to win statewide. So um, no, I mean, I'm an executive. That's what I do. And and this is a real opportunity, not just as a party, but as a as a New Yorker to fix a lot of wrongs and try to put us back in the right direction. Or, you know, I'll be down in Florida like everybody else soon, but I don't want to go. I mean, it, you know, it's not easy to just pick up and go. We have family here. We have friends here. We have jobs here. We have our, our, our history here. And I think a lot of people just want to stay and fight and, and, and reclaim this state from the lunatics taking it over. And that's why I'm, that's why I'm here. It's like I've heard the Viking call, you know. <laughs> I'm ready. I heard the horn. I'm ready to go. So, no, but I think we will all be united on June 29th, the day after the primary. And I've pledged this. I haven't heard others pledge it, but I have pledged it. I will be with whoever wins the primary. And I expect the same, too. If I win, and I, and I will win. We're all going to row the boat in the same direction, and we will all work with the conservative party. Whoever wins the Republican primary will also get the conservative party line. It'll be a united front, and we'll talk with one voice.
1: On uh, Tuesday or Wednesday of last week, Rudy Giuliani, who folks can listen to every afternoon at 3, even though his son is running, he actually praised you for your comments regarding the Republican convention and sort of the – Uh, this is his characterization, not mine, the lack of fair play that was present at the convention. Do you view this as sort of the three candidates that were not given an opportunity to be on the primary ballot, you, Andrew Giuliani, and Harry Wilson versus Lee Zeldin, or do you view it as sort of um, uh, Rob Astorino versus the world? How do you view the dynamic going into the primary here? And do you share Giuliani's characterization that this was not a fair process
0: oh totally Uh, Andrew's right and Rudy is right and and others are right and that's why uh, you know I have no doubt that the regular Republican primary voter or Republican will see that you know when they don't like to be told this is who it is whether you like it or not so uh, stand in line and get ready that's what we've had I mean the process should have been Everyone go out, spend last year going around the state, making your case, and then let's let's coalesce behind a candidate if we can, or let's have the process play out. That was shut down in last April, where as soon as we started going out, it was, nope, let's do a straw poll. Everyone get together in Albany. We're going to do a straw poll. There we go. Where's our presumptive nominee? Well, if that's going to be the rules, then okay. Then I'm going to play – by my own rules then. And I'm just going to go out and play the game the way it's supposed to be played. That is meeting the voters and making our case. And that's where we're at. And the, the Zogby poll that came out on Saturday reflected that. Uh, I'm the top Republican against Hochul. Uh, I lead uh, all other candidates. And I'm, I'm the closest to Hochul. I'll keep her under 50 points. And we've always said I'm going to be the best general election candidate because I've been able To attract Democrats uh, in the past that's how I got elected and stayed elected in Westchester I speak Spanish I did a whole interview with the Univision in Spanish the other day about our candidacy and the state Uh, and and we've always done well with African American voters and Asian voters so we're gonna be best positioned and I think this race I think Long Island no matter who the Republican is gonna be is gonna be red this November I think upstate is gonna be red as it normally is, but even deeper red this year, no matter who the Republican is. Doesn't mean we're not going to work it, absolutely. But I really think this race is going to come down to who can turn over enough votes in the city, and we got to get to about 30%, who can build those coalitions, and who can win the Hudson Valley, period. Nobody's going to be able to win or, or even stay close in a Westchester, I can. Nobody's really going to be able to stay close enough in Rockland, I can, because Westchester and Rockland are like sister counties. And, and in Putnam, you know, we're going we're gonna to really romp. And that's going to leave like an orange and a duchess where I'm going to be able to do well. So I think we're very well positioned. And in the primary, we're all bunched up. So despite Lee Zeldin having every advantage, being on TV for the last month or so, spending you know I, at least $600,000 doing that, he hasn't moved. In fact, he's, he's gone backwards. So I think we're in a good spot to start this, and I can't wait.
1: One, we have a lot of Republican primary voters in New York listening right now, and a lot of them want to pick the best candidate, not only the one with the best chance to win, but the one that they agree with the most on the issues. When I listen to you and all the other candidates running, you seem to be emphasizing a lot of the same issues, obviously crime, obviously the cost of yep. living, obviously taxes, obviously COVID restrictions. If you had to pick an issue or two where you really differ from the other candidates running – are there any that immediately come to mind? I think this race, yeah, you're right. I think we all
0: kind of agree on the issues. I mean, they're the big ones that we all agree on them, right? Uh, the crime is crazy. Uh, we've got to re- repeal no cash bail. Um, I, I, we agree on a lot of stuff. So that, I think, leaves a couple things. One, who can actually get elected? Who, who can draw enough votes? Because this is all about nothing if we don't get elected, That Right. And, and then we go to our records, and I'm very proud of my record as an executive in Westchester uh, making some significant changes and, and really putting taxpayers first. I was obviously very fiscally sound in, in not raising the budget for eight straight years. We added 44,000 private sector jobs when I was there. And when the Democrats became real Democrats and went you know, off the reservation – Like making Westchester a sanctuary county, I vetoed that, and it got a lot of national attention because we were one of the first counties to be able to do that, to veto it. When they tried to make uh, peacefully protesting outside an abortion clinic uh, against the law with civil penalties, I vetoed that. When they tried to ban the gun show from Westchester County, uh, I vetoed that, and we had the gun show at the county center with no hitches whatsoever. It was the most popular show. And then I contrast that with Lee Zeldin, who was in the state Senate majority with Dean Skelos and, and that group and voted for all the Cuomo budgets. You know, he was a reliable vote for, for Cuomo. And obviously, as the New York Post had on page two a couple weeks ago, there was video of, of Zeldin and Cuomo together at a function, and Zeldin was, you know, saying the the, the this function in Albany is over, and it's never been better run. And that Andrew Cuomo should be president of the United States. If you didn't know that Cuomo was a creep and a corrupt thug, uh, the minute he stepped into office, then then we've got some big differences. So I think our experience, his in Albany, mine in Westchester, are very different, and it is very apropos to the job we're going for.
1: I think you know the cynicism of the New York radio listener as well as I do, and there are going to be some people that say, all right, you know, Rob Astorino had an opportunity to run for governor, he ran, he ran a good race, but he didn't win, and then you— ultimately lost reelection for county executive and then two years ago you lost a very tight race for state senate there are going to be some folks that say look if rob couldn't win statewide he couldn't win in westchester county and he couldn't win in a state senate seat how can he win state uh, statewide this time around how can you persuade republicans that you're the uh, best option for them in if they want to win in november
0: that's a good question. And I think, you know, we heard a little bit of that last year. We hardly ever hear it anymore. And obviously, it, it's meaningless because in the polls, it's, it's really reflected that I'm right in the bunch with everybody in the primary. And against Hochul, I'm the, I'm the strongest Republican against Hochul. And, you know, look, those four years when Donald Trump was in office were really tough for Republicans all around the state. You know, a lot of really good Republicans lost. It's weird because when I was running for reelection in '17, I literally left office I, on election day. We had a 60% approval rating, and it was just the first chance that Democrats had to come out against Donald Trump, and, and boy did they! And and not only in you know Democrats, but also Independents and even some some Republicans and um well, i'm not trying to make an excuse but i think it is it is what it is it was what it was and it was really really tough sledding um and that's over with though you know the, the donald trump is not president we've got biden now it's a whole new ball game new issues and nobody really looks backwards many many times it's where are we now where are we going and how can we get there so you know i If that was such a big issue, we wouldn't be where we are in the polls right now.
1: Well, fair enough. Rob Astorino, no one can ever accuse you of lacking for energy, enthusiasm, or ideas. (laughs) I want to encourage folks, if they want to volunteer, if they want to donate, robastorino.com. By the way, did you pick a running mate yet, Rob?
0: Uh, I got your resume. We're going (laughs) over it. We're doing the background (laughs) checks right now, and we'll see.
1: I wouldn't even pick myself as a running mate. Uh, So stay tuned for an announcement on a running mate, I suppose. Uh, You you can follow Rob Astorino on social media. Just go to com. Rob, I'm sure we're going to be talking a great deal in the next three months and the next eight months.
0: Look forward to it, Frank. Thanks again, and I'll see you on the other side of midnight. Absolutely.
1: Rob Astorino, if you want to comment on any portion of our discussion, give me a call, one eight hundred eight four eight 848 wabc That's 800-848-9222. This is The Other Side of Midnight. Straight ahead.